0: The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the 2x3, 2-3 three, three scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com bluewire. That's fanduel.com bluewire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg in Virginia
1: we don't have to have all the answers, even though we think that we do, and we drive ourselves crazy thinking we need to have all the answers, but what we actually need to do is ask ourselves the right questions. And so this is something that I talk about kind of a lot, but I feel like this is what you do and kind of who you are. It's just like prompting people to constantly ask these questions. So it just seems like that's kind of what you did for yourself as you were uncovering kind of who you were by asking yourself all these questions. And now that's in turn what you do for everyone else. what's up and welcome back to the very best self podcast i am your host victoria brown and today is a really special episode so i've got case kenny on the podcast uh he kind of really took off on social media when he started posting inspirational quotes and important questions to ask yourself on coffee cups all around Chicago, that turned into posting those same questions and quotes um, on post-it notes all around and wherever he travels to, and now a podcast, journals, candles, you name it, he's got it all going on. Um, but I would say that he's kind of like the embodiment of like what like the perfect guest on this podcast would be, right? Someone who's also all about mindset, right? So the name of his podcast is even called New Mindset Who Dis. And also that's the name of one of his journals. So we're going to get into it today. It's a great episode. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I just came across this stuff like so, so many years ago. And I was like really into the things that he was putting out there. And yeah, so it's kind of like a full Circle Moment to have him on the podcast today. And if you are not familiar with who he is, you can follow him on Instagram at case C A S E dot Kenny K-E-N-N-Y on Instagram. You can find him on TikTok, YouTube, all those other places as well. Um, but yeah, so it's a podcast all around mindset. Uh, you know, every episode that I put out is has an element to of mindset to it. So this is kind of just all the way up our alley. And I think it's one that everyone's going to enjoy. Um, probably grab a pen and paper because there's lots of moments of golden nuggets and things to write down, uh, aha moments, etc. Uh, but anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Case. So let's get into it. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I am so freaking pumped. You guys, I'm so excited. I have case Kenny on the podcast today. Um, case I've been a big fan of yours for a really long time.
2: Wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I've been following yourself for a long time. I think I was following you like super, super early on. Um, when you started posting your sticky notes really in the coffee oh, cup yeah. stuff. Right. Um, yep, yep. is that, is that like where it all started for you?
2: Uh, I mean, technically, no. I mean, that's how a lot of people came to find me. But I w- I've i been podcasting before that um, for a couple years and then started doing the quotes on Instagram. That's how a lot of people came to dis- discover me just because they're so shareable. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I've been podcasting before that. But yeah, that was kind of my like way of like trying to just like cut out of the noise. There's just a lot of people doing the same things. So I was like trying to trying to do something a little bit unique and. uh that kind of did it in a sense. And that's how a lot of people have come to know me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was unique. I think when I first came across your page, I remember I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen this before. And obviously I'm in the mindset space and this is a mindset related podcast. So it feels like... I don't know, like you're like the ultimate guest, I feel like in a way um, for us to have on. So super pumped about that. For those of you who don't know who Case is, um, I mean, you're just out there inspiring people to live their best lives. You've got like 450K, some odd followers on Instagram, Uh, recently been on the news. Uh, You have a top 25 Apple podcast. Uh, You have a bunch of journals, candles a game centered around mindset, a podcast, like I said, um, and you were recently written about in Forbes. So that's a lot of stuff.
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, I have been busy, I suppose. I mean, the the past couple of years have been kind of, uh, just like a big reset, I think obviously for everyone, but yeah, the past couple of years, I've just been like really just passionate about creating things that, uh, that, I enjoy and that, um, you know, bring me life. And, uh, you know, I've written a bunch of books because I've had the time. I continue to podcast because that's what I do for a living. Um, I've done a lot of collaborations with other people. I've created different products. I've just really tapped into kind of let that space between, you know, creator and entrepreneur. And um, it's just been really cool just to, like, build several things from zero. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are so supportive and and kind and, you know, uh, it's weird sometimes that I'm like, someone needs to be mean to me so I can get, you know, a a reality check. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, a lot has changed over the past couple of years. Like I worked a job for a while. I quit that, um, last year actually. So I've been like side hustling for, for quite some time. So just been a big mentality shift from just kind of passive to just like being all in, all active on, and any, anything literally that interests me. And um, you know, it's been pretty cool just to like pull on that string.
1: Yeah. I mean, making that crossover, you know, from working, because I was uh listening to a, a podcast episode of yours recently. And I actually randomly for like once in my life listened to the ad. Like I never listened to the ads. I always like kind of fast forward through that. And so you mentioned like there was I think it was an ad for indeed, I want to say. <clears throat> And you mentioned like previously in your corporate job. So, who were you before in a past life? Like, it sounds like you were living a double life, maybe in a way where you're like this guy who just wants to inspire people to be like the best possible version of themselves. But you also had a corporate job at the same time. And so, I think there's a lot of people out in the world who have a side hustle, who dream, probably myself, not probably, definitely myself included, who dream of the side hustle being the main hustle. So, what were you doing before? And how did that jump happen? Or how did it feel?
2: Yeah. Um, well, so I'm 34 currently. So for the past you know, decade and a half-ish, um, I, I worked in advertising. So I worked on the ad agency side doing media buying and, and strategy. And then for the past 8 years, um, I worked at a company doing uh, advertising sales. So I ran the sales team um, for, for them t- selling up advertising technology. Um, And it was great. Honestly, like I learned so much about myself through the process. I I always say that people should try two things in their life at some point, and that is wait tables and do sales. I think you do those, you're I say that too. (laughs) (laughs) I live the well, the wait tables part. Yeah. I'm like, you
1: I might like when I have kids, I'm like, you're gonna have to wait tables, period. Like full stop. Like yeah. I, that's just a part of like the process. Like uh, it has to be. So yeah, I agree with that. Sorry to cut you off, but no, I will say I, that too. <laughs> I,
2: I love uh, the like mindedness. I mean, yeah, I I worked at uh, Applebee's in uh, high school uh, in Virginia. And uh, yeah, you just obviously you just you learn a lot about people, you learn a lot about yourself, you learn to multitask. It's just just a great hectic, chaotic environment to really teach you teach yourself what you're made of and to not uh, let other people get you down. And then on the sales side, I mean, sales is the ultimate sink or swim endeavor. It's like you only make money if you make a sale, and you only make a sale if you can be convincing, and you only can be convincing if you do all these other other things. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I learned a lot uh, about myself um, through that process, and um, yeah, I started the podcast when I was like uh, six years, five years into the sales job, basically at a crossroads, just at my life. Uh, you know, late twenties. Call it a quarter life existential crisis, if you want, but just kind of being like, who am I? What am I doing? Am I going to look back and regret the the course of life that I've been on? And um, I'm pretty type A and I was kind of frustrated that I didn't have a good answer to that question. So I was like, I'm gonna do uh, what I guess every you know straight white dude does in his 20s. I'm gonna start a podcast. And I did, but it, but it came from a pretty good place. Like it came from a place of like, I want to do this for myself. Not like I want to be a podcaster or certainly I want to get into self-development. It was never in my intention. It really was kind of a, just like, I want to do this for me kind of thing, but to like push myself in a, in a, in a, you know, a medium that makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, basically long story short, started doing the podcast, realized what I was doing through the podcast, which is asking myself these questions. I was practicing mindfulness, And then, you know, just kept pulling on that string. And, you know, it led me to leave my job eventually just because, you know, I found a a business model around it as well. But yeah, I mean, that that shift from side hustle for quite some time to full-time case now. I say that my title is I share my feelings for a living. Um has been great. It's been so rewarding. Obviously, it's a privilege to be able to to do this for a living. Um, But it's totally different. It's a total, total mindset shift. Like it's just a total, completely different type of pressure. Um, I encourage everyone to side hustle as long as you can. I think having financial security while building something you're passionate about is the best balance and the best mix. Because once you make that jump, um, it's just it's just very different. There's a lot of pressure uh, on you. And any any money you make is a result of your talent, your skill, your popularity. So it's, it's a total mindset thing that you really need to check yourself on. Um, but for me, it's been nothing but rewarding. And like I said, people are so supportive of me and, you know, I get lucky here and there and, you know, I work really hard. But um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I waited quite some time to do it until like I really understood myself and what I was doing and what I wanted to do. And, you know, I worked hard on my career to have, you know, a, a level of financial security to to ensure that I could do it for a while. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. It's just weird. One day I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't have to go into a status meeting with a bunch of people. I don't have to get my team together and tell them, you know, whatnot. I just like, I just sit here and write all day. So (laughs) that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, it takes a leap of faith, but I feel like that's, For anyone out there that wants to do something different, it's always going to be like a leap of faith at some point. It's like you can just dip your toe in the water only so long before you just have to like rip off the bandaid and cannonball into the deep end and like do the damn thing. Like that's just kind of how it is, Um, which is like scary and terrifying and also like super exciting at the same time i'm sure
2: (laughs) yes that's the best way to describe it it's just it's just a big smoothie of emotions some good some bad but it's just like a lot more emotions than you normally have in like a nine to five environment so just like be prepared for that and it's great and it's amazing and you got a nice smoothie so i don't know it's been great
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, i love it uh so i find it interesting because you said you were you started this podcast and so you were just kind of like asking yourself all of these questions and learning so much about yourself. But I always say, um, so I'm a soul cycle instructor and I'm also curious, have you ever, this is a side note. Have you ever been the soul cycle?
2: You know, I haven't, which is crazy to me. Cause I live above one. It's, it's right down there. What? Um, yeah. And then I used to, in my sales career, a lot of what we did was entertainment. Like we would take clients out and do things with them. We always did workout classes. I've done, you know, berries and you know, Orange Theory and everything. But we never did SoulCycle. So I don't know. It's one of those things that just like keeps eluding me for no good reason. So answer is no but okay. clearly, I don't know why. <laughs>
1: that's that's the second part. But wait, what was I going to say? Oh, first thing I was going to say. So I'm a soul cycle instructor. And first thing I was going to say is like something I say in my classes all the time is like, we don't have to have all the answers, even though we think that we do. And we drive ourselves crazy thinking we need to have all the answers. But what we actually need to do is ask ourselves the right questions. And so this is something that I talk about kind of a lot, but I feel like this is what you do and kind of who you are is just like prompting people to constantly ask these questions. So it just seems like that's kind of what you did for yourself as you were uncovering kind of who you were by asking yourself all these questions. And now that's in turn what you do for everyone else.
2: I mean, I could not have said it better myself. Like we are on the exact same page. I mean, I always say like, you know, I don't really like the term coach or guru or expert. Like I've never really liked self-help because like, who am I to tell you what to do? Like, where do I get off? So I really try to stay away from that. But uh, the right question at the right time in someone's life, that'll get them to their truth and what they should do. I don't have to tell you what to do because how could I tell you what to do? But I can give you a question that maybe is the catalyst. I always say it's like, We'd all agree that the purpose of life, at least one of the big purposes of life, is to go out and find answers, create answers. But we forget, to your exact wording and point, that the way to find answers is to ask ourselves questions. And we forget that part of the process, growth, reinvention, everything is asking questions. But sometimes we literally forget that fact. And we're beating our heads against the wall, being like, why can't I figure this out or that out? And if you were to sit back and audit yourself, you'd be like, well, when was the last time you asked yourself this or that? Or when was the last time you legitimately sat in a place of intense introspection and curiosity? You know, we're not bad people because we don't do it. We're just so wrapped up in the noise and distraction. But yes, that is what I do. And I just, it's life changing for me. Like I say that the podcast is my form of therapy. Um, Because it is—it's literally just like a one-on-one therapy session where I'm asking myself questions, is the same way a therapist would ask me questions in in the session. And I think the reason maybe people like it is because they can sit there, listen to the episode, and then ask themselves the same questions, and maybe come up with an entirely different answer than my answer. And that is mindfulness, and that is like the true form of self-development that I'm I'm so passionate about.
1: I love it. Um, I'm sitting over here, and I have to say, like, fully. I feel like my mind is blown. And the reason for this is because, well, the, the new thing that you're working on with the music, by the way, like basically that's exactly what soul cycle is. Yeah. So that's like exactly what I do. I teach a 45 minute class at soul cycle. And so I swear like 10 times a week, I get up and I give like a motivational talk a lot of times pretty much every class. The people who ride my classes, they know that's what I'm about. So I get up and I do a motivational talk for 45 minutes and there's music in the background it's literally, it sounds like the same exact thing as like, what's, what do you call it? M- uh, music and mindfulness, um, that you, that you you have to go, you, ha- you yeah, simply have yeah. to go try SoulCycle. <laughs> like
2: that. I was like, it's weird that I haven't, I haven't gone. Yeah. I need yeah. to make that. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's actually mind blowing to me because that's literally, that's literally like what soul cycle is. Um, I mean, not every instructor is that way, but like, I feel like in so many ways, like I I've been there for 10 years and I always feel like, you know, I'll find the next layer of what I'm doing and where I'm going and where I'm headed, but I I've been there for so long because I feel like I'm like living in my purpose and I get to ask these questions, but almost every time I go in there and I have some message that I'm delivering for that day, it's because like what's personal is universal. So a lot of times, like I will just ask questions to the room about like what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. And then someone will come up to me after class and be like, how did you know? That's exactly what I needed to hear today. Like all of these things. And so it's just, it's just the crossover is just like actually kind of insane to me. It's just like yeah. blowing my mind a little bit. Huh.
2: That's so funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll come to your class. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can go any direction from that. But like, I mean, music and mindfulness is just so connected. It's just like, yeah. There's no denying it, of course. But um, I've just found so much like uh, energized enter, you know, energy from the, the like up, upbeat type music. Usually when people think of music and my, and my, like mindfulness meditation, they think about calm, clear your mind, stillness. Uh, that's great. It's just, I, I enjoy the direct opposite of that, like loud, aggressive, um, but, uh, prog- you know, progressive in the sense of like melody and arrangement and, you know, house music, like very repetitive. Right. And I just like, I just find that to work so, so well with getting people in the right headspace. And then to your point, you deliver a message on top of it. I think the, the relatability of course is there and the energy is there and it's, and it's peace and energy at the same time. So yes, I'm, I'm in love with the the concept and love to see it yeah. brought to life in many different ways.
1: Yeah. Like you can like drop like a bomb, like right before like a beat drops. And then it just, and then you just like, I don't know, and you'll get it when you, when you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool. Um, now I've lost my train of thought because I was just like down a rabbit hole while I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, of the, the synergy with that. Um, okay. So you've got journals, you have how many journals Four? is it four?
2: I have,
1: you've lost count.
2: Six. I have, I have four, I have four printed ones and two digital ones.
1: Okay. So it started with the new mindset who dis journal, which is a 60 day kind of like mindset reset. Would you say?
2: Yeah, that, that journal is more about clarity, just like finding clarity in your life, mindset clarity. Um, then I created one called Unbothered, which is about anxious thoughts. I created one called Single as Superpower, which is about you know dating, kind of single anxiety. Then I created one called Closure, which is for helping you create closure. I did one for Clarity, which is helping you find clarity in your dating life specifically. And then most recently, I, I created one called But First Dinner Piece, which is about um, kind of manifesting, um, like my take on manifesting. Um, yeah, then, Passionate about journaling, obviously, um, in like very specific ways.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm a big journaler myself and also trying to create a journal, which will hopefully be out by the Ooh, end of the year. Do it. The very, it. very best yes. self journal. Cool. Yeah, very exciting. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so the sticky notes, did it happen on accident or was the, co- did the coffee cup come first?
2: Coffee cup Chicken came or first. Yeah. Coffee cup uh, came first. I, I mean, so it was, it was during COVID and, um, I was basically just like, I need to like, you know, I need to build a social presence. Cause that's how, that's how you get people, you know, to notice what you're actually doing, which is my podcast. And I was like, man, I, you know, obviously I'm in this mindset space. I'm in the inspirational space. I should post inspirational quotes. And I was like, well, it'd be so easy to do that because everyone does that. Um, it'd be easy to like, you know, hop into Canva Hop into Photoshop, create a digital image, and post it. But I was like, man, it just like there is some, there is a you know a layer there that separates the the quote from reality that I think prevents some relatability. It's a small thing, obviously, but I was like, man, it'd be great to find a way to get these quotes into real life. I was like, man, while well, I live in Chicago, I live right downtown. It's a beautiful city. It's very real. It's very urban. It's very recognizable. I was like, man, maybe if I started putting the quotes in Chicago backdrop, that would that would help. And I was like, what would I put it on? I was like, well, what what do we engage with and interact with a lot every day well maybe coffee so i started writing on these these um coffee cups that i have and um you know kind of went from there and then from there it was pieces of paper post-its sticky's, pretty much anything i could write on but uh yeah it was cool just to, to see you know get the quote into real life get the quote into something tangible that you can relate to to, to our conversation about relatability and i you know i started doing it at a time where like not a lot of, uh, not a lot, maybe no one, I don't even know were like writing uh, in IRL, um, it was mostly just digital. And I think that was kind of fresh and people appreciated it. Plus it was during COVID when, you know, outside was outside and inside was inside. And um, I think all, you know, all that came to be, and, you know, I've just continued to do that for a while. And now people kind of recognize my handwriting, which is another thing I've gotten much better penmanship through <laughs> practice over, over the years. Um, but it's cool. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, I just, I just think it, it was unique or is unique still, um, and it's kind of like specific to you. Um, maybe the guy with guy with the sign might've taken that from you.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, He he might've beat me to it there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how long he's been around. I've got
2: got more to say though. He's, he's got, you know, one or two nice solid things to say. I've got, (laughs) I've got way too many thoughts to put it into, you know, a a sign. I got to, you know, write seven or eight in a, in a carousel to get my point across.
1: Yeah. So how many times a week are you dropping a new podcast twice a week? How do you come up with all of this content is what I would like to know.
2: Yeah, It's one of those things where I I still wonder because I've done 450 episodes or something, 400 and something, 438, 439. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy for like, it is pretty easy. Life obviously has a lot to offer. Life has a lot to react to. Um, I have a Google doc that's like 200 pages, literally where I have just written down thoughts over the years, things to consider questions to ask myself. I do a lot of reacting to other people's content lately because that's been um, good fodder for conversation. Like TikTok, for instance, someone talking about men are this women or this, you know, limiting beliefs that whatever it may be, I just react to that and give my own take on it. Um, that, you know, and, and of course, like, I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I always try to only do content on things that I have experienced or closely observed. Like people all the time are like, Hey, it's like talk about divorce or talking about dating with kids. And I say, so you know, I could try, but that just feels disingenuous. So I stick to, to what I know. I stick to what I've experienced and, you know, the, my creative process is such where I have all these ideas and I'm like constantly marinating on and I'll sit down the day before on Sundays or Wednesdays and I'll give myself a prompt and then I'll just create from there. And it's pretty, it's pretty fluid. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that the skill that I've been given in life is the ability to simplify an emotion. So I could just, Mm -hmm. you know, circle an emotion and come up with a way to simplify it in some way. And that's what I do. And I can sit down in my chair, overlooking the Chicago river here. And I just sit down and in about an hour, I can come up with like a really, really good detailed outline. And then I'll sit down and record it and edit it. And, you know, the whole process probably takes me about four hours or so. But I've been doing it for four and a half years, (laughs) twice, twice a week, four and a half years. So it's just like it's ingrained in what I do and just feels really good to do it twice a week and all these different topics. And you know, I I actually I didn't I didn't used to ever talk about dating at all. Um, I still think it's funny that I I technically give dating advice, but I didn't do that for a while and then obviously once I started talking about dating that opened everything up and you know mindfulness is one of those topics where it's uh, best applied in dating and relationships. So you know life just offers so many things to talk about and simplify and give questions to consider that I don't <laughs> really imagine myself ever running out of ideas. But uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah. So speaking of dating, you say single is your superpower. What's the thought process behind that?
2: Yeah. So I wrote that in twenty twenty as well. Um, basic, basically, just you know, there is. Uh, a certain stigma at a certain age that a lot of people put on themselves when they're single, and they don't want to be. They think because they're single, something's wrong with them. They think think because they're single and they're 30 or 40 or whatever it is, some arbitrary age, they think that they're falling behind, they're unlovable, they're unworthy, this, that, and the other. I basically wrote that it's kind of 80% book, 20% journal with prompts to encourage people to one, see the value of being single. Um, there's, very practical value there, but also a, a deeper value in the sense of what you learn when you're single and how to take those learnings out when you're dating. And you know, it's basically just a very simple, practical message of hope for people who are bemoaning being single, um, just because of the pressure they put on themselves, the pressure that they, they see in, in the media and, and social media, and just to kind of encourage people to take back their power from relationship statuses. And see the value in being single. Um, obviously it's it's different for men and women when it comes to to pressure and, and society, but one one of the things I, I always come back to that was like kind of a big reason that I wrote that book is you know, In my practice of mindfulness, I try to get as much perspective as possible from, from other people. And I like to talk to older generations to, to get their perspective on life. And the question I always ask is, what do you regret? And I've heard so many different answers um, from people, thinking about like people 60 plus, typically that I, that I try to get these answers from. I've heard every single answer in the world about regrets in life. And specifically when I hear regrets about relationships or dating, I've never heard anyone ever say they regret being single. Never ever heard it. I've heard every other answer. I've heard I regret jumping into a relationship. I regret rushing through my 20s looking for a partner. I regret identifying myself by my relationship status. I regret having kids too soon. I've heard every variety of that. I've never heard anyone say they regret being single. And obviously that's just anecdotal evidence and perhaps some kind of confirmation bias, but take that for what it's worth. And I and I had that in the back of my head. And I was like, we need to. When we're single, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we need to see the value of that thing. I come back to the phrase that I really like, which is the the absence of what I want doesn't negate the presence of what I have. And when you're single, the the presence of what you have is immense freedom, the ability to create and reinvent yourself as often as you want, all these different things. And we lose sight of that when we have this thing buzzing in our head that we want and deserve, but the timing isn't right. So long-winded answer, but I'm very passionate about the topic and that's why I wrote the book.
1: I mean, I love that because I mean, when I was in my twenties, I went through that for, for certain there's something wrong with me. I'm not funny enough, smart enough, good enough, all of these things. And it was just constantly, I felt like in a state of like, why can't I find someone to date and what's wrong with me versus like, life is so short when we like, look at it. And it's just like, every chapter is so meaningful. And it's like, if this is the chapter where you're not sharing it with someone else, like, like, it's okay. It's, it's still a gorgeous chapter. It's just as good as any of the other ones. And so that was definitely a, a lesson that I feel like I I had to learn um, in my own right. And I feel like it's something that I find myself, I feel like talking about more too, because it's like, I don't I don't know like you just get to the place where you realize like you're okay and like It'll work out the way that it's supposed to when it's supposed to and like if you are constantly Racing off into the future and like worrying about what's happening next and where you're going And if someone's going to be there and etc, etc, etc Like we lose out on the moment that we're in right now Like that moment just this moment right here. It just it just kind of like evaporates And so I don't know. I I feel like I can look back on part of my 20s and like it makes you who you are but like I don't know I feel like I do have like a little bit of regret over that just caring so much like why for what
2: yeah I'd I'd say we all do in in some sense and that sucks regret sucks like that was also my motivation for that it's practically the motivation for everything I do like my my motivation in general is to minimize regret in my life Not a life of like out of fear, but it's minimizing regret, which is like the opposite of fear, doing more things so I don't regret the things I didn't do. And yeah, I just I'm I'm 34. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's such a it's a shitty feeling to look back and be like, I can't change that. You can't change the mentality you had when you were 25 and obsessed with this or that, or, you know, so focused on one thing that you, you completely missed the amazingness of this other thing, or to your point about chapters, I love talking about chapters. I love talking about timelines and how on a timeline, you very well deserve all the things you want, but you have to realize maybe they're not all going to happen at the same time. Maybe, you know, your best body, your best confidence, your best paycheck and your best partner don't all happen at the same time. I wish they could. And I wish they will, but we all thought to realize that maybe you deserve everything you're working for, but maybe they happen at different times. And we're going to completely miss that fact if we're so hung up on one thing as the defining feature of all those other things. And yeah, regret sucks. And that's, that's what I think mindfulness can rescue us from that if we practice it. Because obviously, the, the the line is you can only connect the dots looking back, not forward. Mindfulness kind of allows you to connect it in the present um, by asking yourself more questions, which is why I'm so passionate about it.
1: Yeah. um, There's, do you think that there's a reason? that you choose to live your life that way? Do you, Have you ever pinpointed that to like anything that I don't know happened in your life? Why, or, you know, you just are someone who tries to live without any regrets.
2: Oh yeah, probably. I mean, some of it definitely has to do with upbringing and, and adolescence and, you know, uh, a feeling maybe of, of lack of control or something like that. I've definitely seen myself grow into a very type A kind of want to control everything mentality. And I think, you know, Uh, the antithesis of that would be regret the ultimate thing that you can't change that is out of your control. So I think in that sense, if we're, we're getting honest, um, it probably comes, comes from that for myself a little bit. Um, so that, that just combined with just like how much I've realized how easy it is to adopt other people's definitions of things, timelines, goals, success, everything. And that frustrates me that, that, I can have been living something that wasn't true to me, not because I'm a bad person or I'm lazy, but just because I didn't take the initiative to question it in the first place and um, you know, all rolled up. That's also, you know, lack of control um, or perhaps forcing something. And I don't like how that sits with me, because you can't change that. And I think there's a way to live your life that is both compassionate towards yourself and patient while also quite urgent and active. And I think the, the balance in between those two things is what leads us to live a life that's filled with experiences that allow us to pick and choose what is actually right for us. And also allows us to, you know, give, give ourselves room to forgive ourselves for the instances where we didn't. And that's the, that's the middle ground. And that's what I strive for. And I think we should all strive for uh, in whatever way kind of makes sense for us. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Curious. Just It's just interesting um, just thinking about regret and how we choose to live our lives and the questions we ask ourselves. Um, Okay. So recently you put out a podcast and uh, talking about how it's important to challenge our own beliefs. And I like this one a lot. And you talked about four different things um, that are kind of lies that we tell ourselves in a way, Um, what those being, if it's meant to be, it will happen Everything happens for a reason. Um, Blank, blank gives you the best years of your life, and time heals all wounds. These are four things that we hear all of the time. They're kind of the anecdotes I think that people say to you, maybe when you're going through a hard time to make you feel better. Um, And they kind of, a lot of times, can have the opposite effect of making you feel better. Um, And not all of them are true. So you don't have to dive into all four of them, but uh, just curious uh, your take on it, on one of them. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. I find that one is the most. Yeah, that's
2: a yeah. triggering one for sure. Like, if anyone ever tells me that, I'm like, shut up. Like, it's just, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a dismissive, like, okay, thanks for that. Sounds like you put a lot of thought into that one. Uh, kidding. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you know, talking about this idea of regret and like the things we can't change and, and the way that sometimes we feel out of control and that we can't change the direction of our lives that like really sucks. We're just like aimless We're we're ran- It's random and luck. And we're just like ping ponging and just hoping for the best. I think when we come across advice that everything happens for a reason, it's like, well, geez, then like everything, everything bad that's happened to me is, is for a reason. This is all preordained. It, it makes that feeling worse. Right? Well, if it's supposed to happen for a reason, I guess I don't have control in it. I guess i I don't have the ability that I want to believe I have. So I don't really like that advice because it just makes that feeling even more permanent in your life, that you don't you aren't in the driver's seat as much as you'd want to believe you are. So, you know, the whole idea of everything happens for a reason, you know, I don't know how could I possibly know? But I do know that, you know, the best way to take back power in your life in the worst circumstances and the ones that you totally don't deserve is to decide what the reason for that thing happening in that moment is. And that the second something happens, it gains purpose. It didn't, I don't believe that maybe it had purpose before. It was like this preordained cosmic thing. I don't know about that. But I do know that the second it happens, you have a decision to make. You could either say, this is the purpose for this thing moving forward, or you can buy into the, well, I guess this was supposed to happen. So it's just an indication of my life. And those are the two very different things. And if you can go to the former of saying, here's the purpose of this thing that it gave me, um, it can give you much more control and power back in your life. And it could be very, very difficult. And you never want to go to a place where you're blaming yourself or you're giving someone credit, like a bad person who hurt you and saying, oh, well, thank you for doing that because here's what you gave me. We have to, we have to be careful and draw a boundary there, but if we can say, yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope for sure um, there, but I think we could all say, okay, here's this thing that happened to me. I did not deserve it to happen to me. I, you know, every, everything there, but in this moment, I'm going to decide what that purpose is. And that from this moment on, I'm going to have this standard, this boundary, this new direction. But I mean, I think if we're honest with ourselves and we can compose ourselves in the face of even trauma, you know, anything that happens to our life does present purpose to us might not be purpose that we wanted, but here we have the opportunity to say, here is the new purpose of this thing. And I just think that is kind of flies in the face of everything happens for a reason. The, the reason is what you assign to it. Like we don't need a why behind it necessarily. We just need a, what it gives us. And if we do that, I just, I think it gives us the ability to just be more active in our life instead of just descending even further into that passiveness.
1: I totally agree with that. I think anytime anything happens, you get you always get two choices, right? You can decide in that moment, like how you want that thing to work for you or how it's going to work against you. And yeah, you know what? I think there's times when it feels really good to use something as a crutch to say like, I am this way because X happened, or I am this way because Y happened. And so... I think it's easier to fall into that trap. It's easier to fall into that path. Uh, But just kind of recognizing in the moment that we always have two choices and we can create a story um, around the things that happen that kind of lift us up and, you know, make us stronger versions of who we are um, if we choose that path instead.
2: You know, I always come back to the power of the words we use, like the words we use are very important, like the difference Mm -hmm. between two words can be the difference between you know, a dramatic uplift in your self-image and one that just like slips into into low self-esteem. And I think about the idea of like, you know, people say like, oh, my past shaped me or that breakup shaped me. I don't really like that. Shaped implies passiveness. Shape Im- Shaped implies, you know, this is what happens to you, not, not for you in, in that sense. I like the word learned. Like I always come back to the idea of like being self-made in life, not entrepreneurially, but just, you know, cosmically. And in your inner life and say, my past didn't shape me, it taught me. And when something teaches you, you get to decide what to do with that thing. When you're learning through an experience, you decide what its purpose is to be shaped by something implies that this thing happened to you, and you didn't get a say in the matter. And obviously, that that the reality of life is that could very well be the case. But what you decide to do next is what either allows you to move forward or kind of stay in place. And the words we use are important. We say we're shaped or we taught, we're shaped or we learn, like active verbs that we control the direction of versus right. passive ones where we're like the proposition, whatever the, the, the grammar is. Um, I, think, I think that's helpful sometimes, just literally the words we use.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other one I want to touch on is blank, blank gave me the best years of my life because we can like wish our lives away being like our twenties are the best years or, you know, college were the best years and other people say it to you. I don't know your take, please.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's bananas. (laughs) I, 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 I baffles me when some people say high school was the best year, years of their life and they're not bad people, but I'm like, that's wild. That's insane. There's no way the high school is the best of your life. Maybe they are, and I don't think anything less of you. But I just I have realized, for one, in my life, how drastically of a different person I am now than I was in high school, much less college, much less when I turned 30. So I mean, I'm always evolving in a positive way. And to say that, to say that a time in your life was better or more fulfilling, is saying that you're running out now. You've you have right. filled your cup, and now you're just slowly losing water and I don't know. That just feels very draining to me. That feels like regret. Because again, to our whole conversation, if you're obsessed with this highlight reel in your past thing, that was it. And that was it. Well, then that implies that this is not it. And you're just slowly draining. And that sounds like regret to me, because you're not going to be focused on what you have, you're going to be focused on what you had. And I just obviously, that is the opposite of gratitude. And gratitude, I think we'd agree in some sense is the key to happiness and fulfillment and confidence and all these things. And if we take that off the menu, then we're not left with much um, Yeah, and age is one of those things. You know, it's easy for me, a, a guy, to you know be more liberal about how I look at age and, and timing and things like that. But you know, to, to to define your life's happiness and fulfillment by a narrow period of time, I think isn't giving us the credit we deserve to create more of those times in our life. Different times, we always construe different with worse. Like, yeah, I'm different now when I'm 34 than when, when is I was 30. I don't go out as much. My definition of fun is different, but that doesn't mean it's worse. And again, thinking about words, sometimes we assume that a word like different implies worse, but it's only that way if we allow it to be that way. So I think just reinventing that for ourselves and giving us the credit we deserve is the the key to breaking free of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, not living in this place of like the glory days as if they're always pat like behind you like i feel like and i talk about this in my soul cycle class a lot which is like no matter how young we are or how old we are i feel like we have to wake up each and every day and kind of believe that the best is yet to come always no matter what
2: i am pulling up this quote that i love that i found this quote on reddit um i love reddit because reddit's just filled with normal people being normal people it's not filled with gurus this or other so people are always in there talking about life experiences and i find it so like just relatable I'd and this person wrote know
1: this which threads you follow but that's a side that's an aside because i go on there a lot too but
2: uh yeah honestly i just hit the front page and i scroll for like 30 minutes a day and it just leads me down a rabbit hole there's some yeah. like life advice pages and uh but at, but i found this quote there and this is like one of the Best quotes that I just love so much, and some random person on Reddit wrote it, and I was like, oh, "This had to be written by Socrates or something," but they didn't. And the quote's super simple. All it says is, "The difference between a head full of memories and a head full of regret is your ability to forgive yourself." And I just love that so much. I mean, we're 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 approaching the land of you know, pokey. all, oh, forgive yourself, and, and life is great. Obviously, not the reality, but it really is true. Like if we if we can look at our lives and be like, "Man, shit, I, I messed up." I, my twenties, I did this, that and the other, my, my, my best days are behind me. I messed up. Yeah. Your head is going to be filled with regret, but you could forgive yourself for that and say, okay, starting now, I'm going to live my best days and I'm going to do this, that and the other to make that a reality. That is the difference be- between those two mentalities. And I just think the idea of self-forgiveness, um, alongside of everything we're talking about here really does give you the ability to rescue yourself from these assumptions that we've been maybe living by for a long time and we can start over. Starting over is my favorite topic in the world, too. I could talk all day about that. But I think if we give ourselves permission to start over in any sense, whether that's literally in a relationship or in our career or in our inner life by the definitions we've been making, then I think we absolutely have the ability to create new best days in our lives that aren't precluded by some time in the past.
1: Right. We're just collecting good days, you know, as much as we can. I feel like that's that's the goal, that's the aim, right? Just collect W's and good days. And if you can at the at the end if you can collect more good days than bad and that's based on the mindset that you cultivate, then then you're winning. You won. I
2: I agree. I agree. I I I literally just recorded a TikTok that was like if we're sitting around in life and we're assuming that, you know, the reality of life is someone someone is going to quote win by win, i mean they're going to be happy fulfilled they're going to find their partner they're going to find confidence so on and so forth if someone is going to do that and obviously objectively we'd agree with that that being the case why can't that person be me or you or us like what literal proof do we have in our lives that would preclude us from being that person talk a lot about limiting beliefs and like we have all these limiting beliefs that are very normal i'm not this that or the other enough but the, the it begs the question of like what if you're wrong what if you're wrong about those assumptions like, what would that change? It would change a lot, right? If if I'm sitting here thinking I am not talented enough to podcast for a living, and that's the assumption I've been living for a long time, and that's literally limited me from trying things, doing this, that, and the other. What if I've been wrong, though? <laughs> what if that was just a, a, a corner I put myself in through no proof? Well, that would change a lot of things. Namely, it would change my ability to try, my eagerness to try, so on and so forth. And I think just sometimes it takes a question like that. What if I'm wrong? Why not me um, to break through a belief and try something or reinvent yourself in some way? And again, I just love a good a good question that maybe opens your eyes or freaks you out a little bit. I think it could be everything.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay. I have 1 million more questions that I could ask you, but I won't take up all of your, your whole day. Uh, so last question I will ask you is uh, what is the best piece of advice that you would give to your younger self?
2: I mean, the, the soundbite that I always do tend to come back to that has been so, so true for me, it, it kind of is in line with everything we're talking about here. It's that, So the soundbite that I always repeat is that there's no right way to live your life, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there is a right way. Very in line with what we're talking about. Like we put ourselves in a corner so quickly when we think that this is the right way to be single. This is the right way to be in a relationship. This is the right way to be confident. This is the right way to do this, that, and the other. We're so beat over the head with examples of other people. And we're very quick to say, okay, they have what I want. I don't have it. Therefore, I need to be like them. And then when we're not like them, we beat ourselves up for for not being them. And it becomes this very self-defeating cycle where we define what we want and what we deserve by other people's definitions and examples. And, of course, great to be inspired by other people, but I just think about my younger self and anyone's younger self. When we're trying to figure out life, I think the best mentality you could have is just one of intense scrutiny and curiosity and open mindedness such that when you set a goal for yourself you define that based on what is true for you instead of what is true for someone else. We live in 2022 I'd say objectively from a business perspective you can literally do anything for a living. Um it's a privileged thing to say but it, it's true. If you could you could build a talent around anything as long as you're willing to work for it. I used to laugh my head off when I would think about being a influencer or something like that and i wouldn't consider myself an influencer but there's no way 10 years ago i thought i could make a living from doing what i do now at all and that all changed when i kind of allowed myself to to reconsider what i thought was the right way and same in my 20s i was like when i was single in my late 20s i was like oh man okay you're a single guy in chicago here's what you need to do you need to go to the club you need to have a roster you need to be this guy you need to be that guy because that's what that guy does and you need to be like him because he looks like a happy single guy and you can go down the list of anything in life that we want and uh I just think it's just the most freeing thing to decide that you get to decide what is right for you and there's no right way to do it with only a few exceptions taxes you know paying your credit card bill like there's not many like tried and true right ways to do things in life and I just think that's so amazing it's so amazing because you don't put yourself into a corner you don't beat yourself up when you're still on your journey because all that means is you're transitioning you're transitioning between where you are and finding that right way and that's okay we can keep doing that so That's what I would say. Just freeing yourself from the judgment we impose. That's based on some probably misaligned conception of what is right and what is wrong and allowing ourselves to figure it out for, for ourselves.
1: I love that. I love that answer. Um, and the people who are listening to this episode know, I I talk about it a lot, but I say kind of something similar, which is just because something's always been done a certain way doesn't mean that it always has to be done a certain way and finding your own path and, and figuring it out and. I don't know. I feel like if you're in the corporate world, uh, cause more people probably listening maybe are in that nine to five space than, than not, who knows, but you know, it's like, they also kind of show you this path. You can see all of these paths laid out before you. I feel like where you can say, okay, I want to reach this level of success. I want to have this position. I want to reach, you know, you can see it sometimes in, in your mind's eye and then you set your sights on it. And so the first thing that people do, I feel like immediately is they say, okay, well, How did the person who's in that position now get to that place? So they'll map out their trajectory of what that person did and then try to emulate that same exact path. And I always find that to be so flawed because there's a million and one ways to get to wherever X is for you that you're trying to get to. A million and one ways to one ways to do it. Also, like, what if like you could actually do it in half the time? Even if there's a, a manual or a handbook or whatever that says like you have to do X, Y, or Z before you can get to this place you're trying to go, right? Because that exists all over the place, right? That there's all these hurdles that you're told that you need to surpass in order to get to where you want to go. But Are there not exceptions to the rule all of the time, there are so many people who sar- surpass all of those things in every su- different area of of business of you know walks of life, whatever it is. So I, I I could not agree more and totally agree that like I don't know there's just there's not one right way to do it. there's not one path. there's not one and and always I implore people to kind of like take your blinders off, see what's in your peripheral because you know we can be so fixated, I think, on a certain goal or a certain you know destination, that we don't see all of these things happening that are kind of like tugging on us and and like being like, hi over here, like pay attention, you know, and there's, there's different avenues to get to where we want to go. And I don't know, it's like, it's like GPS rerouting, you miss a turn or something (laughs) like you still end up at the final destination, but like you can go right and down the block and around the corner, like you still get there, but you can do it your way. you know
2: I love that. I mean, you're literally saying the things that I love to talk about. I call it beer goggles. I call it Siri rerouting. Uh, it's all it's all <laughs> we're talking about the oh, same wow. thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just love that. So because in a series, at that point. If you're, it's again, it's great to be inspired by people. It's great to emulate certain things here and there, of course. Um, but if if you are saying, okay, exactly what you said, I'm trying to follow that person's path, then you're not even giving an amount of opportunity to a a, a new path or a slightly different path. And I just think that's doing us such a, a disservice and. You know, it's it's so easy, though, because we social media, I love social media, but it's one of those things where if we don't question it, we're, we're like, oh, a healthy relationship looks like this. I talk to women all the time who say, yeah, if my if my man doesn't post me as his woman crush Wednesday, I get upset. Then I talk to other women who say, that's insane. That's so stupid everyone can have their right way and that's fine both of them are right but it's their own reality and but if we're on social media and the algo has aligned with one and we don't question it we're like okay well that's that's what it needs to be because obviously that's what it needs to be and we just need to have a healthy skepticism a compassionate skepticism that is for us not to us and i think It'll just it'll just be it'll be freeing and you won't have regret and, and all these things that we're talking about that we want to avoid. And I just think you'll you'll give yourself permission to enjoy the journey a bit more um as opposed to trying to follow a map of of something that maybe isn't meant for you. All right. Mic drop moment.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. I absolutely loved every minute. Uh it was awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. That is a wrap on today's episode of the very best self podcast with Case Kenny today, you guys. Oh my gosh. Um, I was like super excited for the episode because I just felt like I just had like I just had like, you ever just like get a feeling? like I just had a feeling it was going to be a really good interview, a really good episode. And I was just dying to kind of like peel back the layers and kind of like understand uh case a little bit more. And so it was, it's just so, I mean, you know, I love anything mindset. So I could talk about this stuff tone, like literally purple in the face. Uh, so it was cool to dive all the way into it today uh, with him and hear his perspective on a lot of different things that we talk about on this podcast all of the time. Uh, and so there's just lots of interesting, interesting overlap between the things that we go over talk about kind of whatever on uh, a lot of our previous episodes but that's a wrap follow case at case.kenny on Instagram follow us at very best self follow me at Victoria Brown uh please if you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button but leave us a five star review and if you have an extra moment you know I'd love for you to leave a review but more importantly above everything else if there was something, if there was anything that felt pertinent to you, that touched you, that um, kind of just, I don't know, made you feel better about your day, or if there was something you heard that you feel like someone else needs to hear, the number one thing you can do above any of the other things that I mentioned is just share this, share it with someone you love, share it with someone who maybe needs one of the messages that's in the course of this interview today. And I feel like that's really the reason why I do this in the first place. So share it with someone you love. And that's it for today. I will see you guys next Tuesday. Uh, Love you. Mean it. VB out.